Tuesday, 7th of July 2020. Welcome back to Ellipsis. My name is Ravneet and you are listening to episode 26. There's a poet who's been waiting in the green room a long time since I could not make up my mind about which poem of hers to bring to stage. And this poet is Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson is one of those prolific poets who has written close to 1800 poems over her lifetime. None of those made it in print through her short life of 56 years and not for lack of trying. While I have chosen to not be academic on this podcast, Emily Dickinson's poems merit some understanding of the poet herself. So I'm going to take an exception and read through a few of her poems. through the span of two episodes this tuesday and this friday think of it as a tour of the garden of verses she planted and along the way i will share snippets of her life her letters her opinions and my association with some of the poems i read so let me begin with this one the lost thought from a chapbook i picked up with my pocket money from an archie store I'm talking of the 90s when Hallmark cards with long proclamations of love and friendship were the real deal. Posting photos on Instagram is not a patch on the 90s way of doing celebrations. No occasion was complete without a greeting card and collecting and sending greeting cards was a huge thing for me. I would spend hours browsing in a gift arcade like you would in a bookshop. looking for the words that exactly said what i needed to to a friend on one such visit to the neighborhood archies i found a chapbook of emily dickinson poems i must have been 16 and the book cost 75 rupees i still have it on my bookshelf the poem that i'm going to read is called the lost thought and here it is I felt a cleaving in my mind as if my brain had split. I tried to match it seam by seam but could not make them fit. The thought behind I strove to join unto the thought before but sequence raveled out of reach like balls upon a floor. I'll read that again. I felt a cleaving in my mind as if my brain had split i tried to match it seam by seam but could not make them fit the thought behind i strove to join unto the thought before but sequence raveled out of reach like balls upon a floor i know that one by heart almost This poem is one of the few as you will discover through the course of these two episodes where grammar and punctuation and spelling have not been dismissed as hindrances to her ruminations. And therefore to my young brain this poem was immediately accessible. It was also something that happened with me so often that you're thinking of something and you can feel the thought in your gut even before you have words for it. But there is an interruption and you lose your chain of thought. and then no matter how hard you try going back to it you just cannot recreate the thought you had before the interruption and these words now i have lived for two more decades after i read this poem and i'm yet to find a better explanation or a better illustration 
of this commonplace thing that happens to all of us the losing of a train of thought all the words in there the phrases in there my brain had split and i could not match it seam by seam sequence raveled out of reach like balls upon a floor i've always imagined these balls as marbles falling out of my hand and rolling away in different directions or balls of yarns unraveling away from me so apt the lost thought remains the only poem i can recite on cue word for word i've read it so many times and it always amazes me with its brilliance and exactness of imagery most of emily dickinson's poems were untitled they are identified only by the first line of each poem and a sequential number in the volume of 1800 poems that was discovered and published after her death even for the poem i just read the lost thought is an editorial title and not one she gave to the poem this next poem i felt a funeral in my brain extends the premise of the brain being slippery and out of our control at times what do these two poems together tell us about emily dickinson let's discuss after i read i felt a funeral in my brain I felt a funeral in my brain and mourners to and fro kept treading treading till it seemed that sense was breaking through and when they all were seated a service like a drum kept beating beating till i thought my mind was going numb and then i heard them lift a box and creak across my soul with those same boots of lead then space began to toll as all the heavens were a bell and being but an ear and i and silence some strange race wrecked solitary here and then a plank in reason broke and i dropped down and down and hit a world at every plunge and finished knowing then i'm going to read that one more time i felt a funeral in my brain and mourners to and fro kept treading treading till it seemed that sense was breaking through and while they all were seated a service like a drum kept beating beating till i thought my mind was going numb and then i heard them lift a box and creak across my soul with those same boots of lead then space began to toll as all the heavens were a bell and being but an ear and i and silence some strange race wrecked solitary here and then a plank in reason broke and i dropped down and down and hit a world at every plunge and finished knowing then ah that was heavy and you can't make out in the recitation but the point i made about capitalization and punctuation and grammar not being emily dickinson's friends some of that is visible in this poem if you see the version in print there is a sense of both a loss of control and of falling into a psychological abyss 
that is very apparent even to the lay reader you don't have to be a lit student to feel these emotions when you read the poem the analysis here though points to this recurring theme in emily's poems some sort of detachment with reality a sort of an internal struggle that plagues her mind and makes her unmoored and in the context of this poem if you remove the title of the last one that we saw uh, the lost thought and think of it only as a poem about not remembering things it is plausible that emily suffered from a mental health issue that had no words to define it at the time i'm still concerned about how her choice of images is so exact maybe her extraordinary ability to do this comes from all the solitary time she had and zealously guarded all that aloofness uh, in her brain may have contributed to the way she thought about the phenomenon within her and outside of her but more about this in the next episode do tune in to episode 27 on friday for more of emily dickinson the two poems that i read today will be hyperlinked from the show notes emily dickinson's poems are not a mood they are an emotion not to be savored for a day they live as a season you read and read and suddenly you are in that room in the 19th century with her watching her as she wrote 1800 poems until friday living in ellipses ravneet baba mm-hmm.